forgive me, this is not my, my comfort level speaking, so um, Brad's here to support and make it good. Um, this morning I woke up um, with this strong urge, this, this pull on my heart to pray for people that were going through various different issues. I mean, there was just a slew of people I was thinking about. And I asked the Lord, I said, why are so many people going through so many things? Physical things, emotional things, financial. Why are so many of us struggling? And the Lord said, boomerang. And I was like, huh, boomerang? And I thought about it. I said, well, you know, I know what a boomerang is. And I looked it up, you know, just to get further clarification. And a boomerang is when you throw out a boomerang, it goes, comes back to the hand that throws it. So, you know, you reap what you sow. Don't judge others. And as I was sharing that with Brad, he reminded me of the book of Job. And we all know the story about Job. He was a highly favored man. In fact, the Bible says he was the greatest man in the East. He was highly blessed. He had seven daughters or seven sons and three daughters. He had thousands of camels and sheep and oxen and land. And um, one day, this is in Job 1, 6 through 12, now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, come from, from where did you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking on around it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you made a hedge around him, his house, and all of what he has? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold all that he has in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. And we know how the story goes. So Job basically lost everything. He lost his entire family, all his possessions, all the oxen, everything. And what did he do when that happened? I mean, I can't even imagine what I would do if that happened. But what did Job do? We see in Job 1.20 through 22, then Job arose and tore his robe and showed his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. I mean, that's mind-blowing to me. Um, so we know what happens next. Um, Satan then goes and represents himself to the Lord in Job 2, 3 through 6. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered, again, second time, everything. everything. He's back again in front of the Lord. Have you again considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing good and turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without course. Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. However, put forth your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. He will curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your power, only spare his life. So we see in the book of Job, the next thing that happens to him, he's now covered with all these boils and it's very painful. His whole body is inflicted with this. 
and he starts mumbling and complaining. And it's understandable because it's physically really painful. And you see his wife comes to him and, and questions him and says, you know, why aren't you cursing God? And then, the, right, and then you see his friends. I think two or three of his friends come to him, and they use godly principles to come to him to say, what have you done? Have you sinned? What have you done wrong? You know, how many times do we do that? Like, if something happens to us, it's like, what did I do to deserve this? You know, um, but what happens, as we all know in, in the book, is that he, he did not curse God. And then he prayed for his friends. And when he prayed for his friends in Job uh, 42.10, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends, and the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. He had more children. He had more animals than he did before. He had more land. He was more blessed than he was before. So I say all this, um, it's not just what we do that can boomerang on us, but it's even what we think in our mind or reside in our heart. And it was so interesting that one of the songs that was played in worship today is It Is Well. And, and think about these words, through it all, my eyes are on you and it is well. So through our trials, through our tribulations, through our physical ailments, we have to keep our eyes on him and see him in it and ask, Lord, what are you doing here? What are you saying in all of this? What are you saying to me? And as Pastor David even talked about enduring, Job endured. We must endure. So we were also, when we were talking about this, um, a song came to mind. It actually was, we were playing one of your stations, and this song, if you could play it and put the lyrics up, you're, I'm sure, familiar with it. It's a Lauren Daigle song, but it really fits well with this message. If we can play it and put it up. Thank you. Oh, yeah, by all means. <gasps> oh, Sorry, just one right, second. Uh, Thank uh, you. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Share something real quick. Sorry. Um, this this principle has boomeranged through the whole Bible. When the enemy would always hit the children of Israel, it's like they'd birth more children. They'd even have them out in the field, drop them while they're in the field. They would multiply the more. They got hit. Because their whole focus was basically, their whole nature, their whole way of living was dependent on God. And that's how our whole life is dependent on the Lord. But one of the things I wanted to share uh, before we throw the song up there is boomerang, the way the boomerang cycle works. It's the cycle of God. Can y'all guys see this? Boomerang is things that go out from you. Like if you sow something great. You're expecting a lot of times for it to come back, right? Are, are we Christians? Okay. <laughs> but you can sow something bad and it'll come back, what? Bad. I mean, how many times do you wake up bad or with a bad attitude in the morning and then everybody's bad the whole day? Because you just, through, through your mouth, you sowed something before you got out there and then the whole day's bad, right? But here's the kind of thing about people that are actually walking with God like Job was. A lot of times we'll sow wonderful things and we'll throw the boomerang of goodness out there and we're good Christians, but then in the midst of it coming back, say in the midst of it, the enemy will come in and try to throw something bad at you before it comes back. 
so that you can throw bad things out there that will return and destroy this while it's coming back to you. Are you with me? Because we have the power on the earth as it is in heaven because Jesus gave us that. All right? One thing you got to remember is that when you cast your bread or the stuff that you have in your life and you throw it out there on the waters, it returns to back to you after what? After many days. So there is a, there is a point to where there's a waiting period. And the thing about throwing, throwing your bread upon waters, I don't know if you're any, any country folks out here, but I used to um, feed our brim at our pond growing up. But you'd throw bread on the waters. What happens is the bread... That through the water, of the, the soluble part of the, the bread and the water mixing together, it starts to what? Break up. And so it looks like it's being destroyed, but it's actually feeding. Are you with me? So a lot of times when, you're, when things are going good in your life and you think things are great, and then it feels like everything is being broken up, that's a true cycle that that's actually supposed to happen. But the enemy comes in and says, that's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to be all good. I can't believe you're letting this all happen. And then you get mad and you want to curse God. And then you go to everybody and say, pray for me. <laughs> but if your bread doesn't get broken up, you can't get it back. Oh. See, and I'm, I'll, be, I'll be a little bit revelatory. When God gives you promises, guess what? The promises are going to seem like they get broken because that's the way it's supposed to happen. Because when, they, when it feels like it's getting broken, that actually means, oh my gosh, it's about to return. But the enemy will come in there and say, he promised you, you relied on God. I just can't believe you. You don't need to stand on that promise because it's just gone. Well, if... If that's true, then God should have never hung his bread upon the cross, tore it apart, right? He tore it apart to where it didn't even look like bread. But after many days, see, there's a whole cycle in this, but Jesus was the bread. It got broken up out here on the waters. The enemy was in here trying to mess up all the disciples while they were watching this thing so he, that he could maybe mess it all up, but as it was being separated and then it, was di it died, it actually went to a dark place. It went to a dark place. But when it got, went to a dark place, it was actually sent to a dark place so that it could take over that area of darkness. So when your life is broken up and it takes it down to a dip to a dark place, he's allowing it to go to a dark place so that you can take over that realm. Because you can't get there without it being broken up and being sent down. Because you got to go down to get up. But the thing about Jesus and the thing about Job, and I, this is it, is that their eyes were on him. And after many days, Job's bread did what? It came back to him a hundredfold. See, you're God's bread now. You, you don't realize it, but he looked at you like he did Job, and the same cycle is going to happen to us. 
It may not happen as bad where you're sitting in ashes and taking a pot and scraping, you know, sores off of you. But I've been to the place where I've had cancer and I'm supposed to die, and I knew God was not done with me, so I didn't care. I didn't, if I had cancer and died, I'm still going to trust the Lord because I've already seen God actually work in my life. So who cares if i got cancer? I've got God. Who cares about cancer? Do you get what I'm saying? So I knew when I got struck by cancer in my back, I knew I'm okay. And everybody else was, I had Job's friends. Well, what, did, you, did you open up a window of what's happened? You know, you got to stand on the word of God. You gotta, and, I, and I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm just resting in what the Lord's doing because it's God's favor on my life. If I'm getting attacked and I'm, I'm going down in darkness, it's because I've got actual favor. And they'd cough up demons that were religious. Because that's what they did to Jesus. He's hanging on the cross. Well, if he's the son of God, he'd come down off the cross. Right? So, we don't have much time. But I want to throw that in there because that gives us hope. If you're going through things in cycles like this, you're going through the boomerang effect... It means that everything that God has promised is going to come back to you, but it's going to be greater. But you got to keep your eyes on the cycle of the Lord. You got to keep your eyes on the boomerang and how God does things. Because what happened was God finally came to Job after he was complaining, didn't understand all of what was going on, showed him who he was, and he came in the whirlwind. Say, so he came in the whirlwind. In other words, he came in this huge whirlwind, I mean thunder, lightning, and everything came down just like he used to on the Mount of, of Sinai, came down to Job and spoke to him out of lightning and thunder, which was what was happening to his life. And he showed him himself. And after he saw God, he could see God in everything that was happening to him instead of looking at that situation. See, we got to start trying to find God through our situations. Not in your situation, through your situations. Because when situations happen, we try to, we try to look and say, where's God? Well, I just can't believe this is happening. You get all this stuff instead of going, Lord, where are you? What are you saying in this whirlwind of my life? Because if I can see you during the whirlwind, I can get everything I've ever wanted, and that'd be you. Does that actually, make sense? It came to us. And I didn't so come she to it. Had it this, actually came uh, to us. Song. Right when we were done, it was playing. Oh, that's right. We, it was. It, it, was it came to us. Well, that was a God thing. Yeah, it was actually playing when we were talking about this stuff because she had the dream and everything. And then we were talking about this whole thing of the boomerang effect and the cycle of the Lord and Job. And then we started recognizing that this song was playing because we the played lyrics. worship music yeah. there in a hotel room. But uh, we wanted to play this song, but also. Put the words up there so that we can truly see maybe Job, Jesus, and even you. Because if you can see Jesus even in your situation, that you're actually walking out a pattern of Jesus, you can have hope. Because everything you've walked, you're walking through right now, the things you're going to walk through in the future, the things that you've walked through in the past, is everything Jesus did as well. So if we can keep our eyes on the Lord... It's all going to be okay. That it's going to be okay. Because okay. he that overcomes by the 
Blood of the Lamb. In other words, those that stay in the Spirit with God. Not in the Spirit of the flesh. Lord, I just bind this in the name of Jesus. That's not the Spirit. That's the, our will. Yeah, the Spirit is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy. Oh, man, can you imagine actually having joy in stuff that's hitting you? Because it's, reflect, it's actually reminding you that you are actually walking out certain things that Jesus walked out. Wouldn't that be awesome if we start seeing it that way? The enemy wouldn't have anything to feed us anymore. We'd put him on a fast, he'd shrink. It's true. That's it. That's all we got. Because David, David confirmed the whole message. He did. He really did. He confirmed the message. That gave us less time to have to even be up here. I'm serious. He confirmed it. We're just here to confirm, you know, what God is saying. Because we're going to need this kind of doctrine in our heads with what's coming. We really are. The westernized world and this system that we've lived under has tainted really the glory of the Lord. Because going through trials is cool, man. It's cool. I think it's, I mean, I'm getting to the point, man, when I, she, you can t ask her, man, when we're going through trials or somebody's coming against us and stuff, it's like, Let's, hey man, we're right on track. This is going to be awesome. And some of the people around us are looking up at us like we're goofy. But we've got to have this. We must go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. Say that with me. I must go, I must go. through much tribulation, much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. Those that actually build their house on the rock, what? Stand when the storm comes. In other words, you don't get moved when things come. People that got their, you know, their, their mentality into God is always good, and if it's not feeling good, that means, man, we've got to move. We've got to do something. Well, you're going to find yourself lost. But if you understand that winds and storms do come to a house, he said when, he didn't say if storms, he said when the storms come. And we miss that that's one of the cycles of the Lord. And we can stand during that time. We can do like Jesus did and trust his father even when he was pulled apart. We can rest like Peter did. I mean, my God, they drag Peter into a prison and they find him resting between two soldiers. Just... <laughs> I would have been binding everything. <laughs> right? I mean, how many times have you found the enemy trying to guard you and keep you pressurized and you try to break everything out instead of just going, well, this is where the Lord wants me to be. I'll just rest until he sends the angels come kick me in the rear end. And when it's time to get out, it's time to get out. Lord, I'll just trust you whenever. An angel literally had to come and wake him up. And he says, put on your garment, we're going. 
I don't see a Christian doing that here in the westernized state. Actually resting in the midst of literal soldiers guarding them. You got something? Yeah, it just reminds me of the story when the disciples were in the boat and the storm came and they woke up Jesus and they're like, you know, what's going on? You've got to help us. The storm, calm the storm. Jesus got up and he calmed the storm. But little did they know that the storm was actually propelling them to the other side to their destiny. So if they had just rested in the boat, they wouldn't have had to work so hard. Now they're in stagnant water and they had to work. They didn't have motorized boats then. They had to work to get to the other side. Instead of resting and trusting, having faith in him, Jesus wasn't worried about it. He was asleep in the boat. He that overcomes gets to eat the hidden manna. In other words, there's hidden manna in the midst of your darkness. Oh, you better get that one. There's hidden manna in the midst of your trial. And the way you overcome is not like Chantal, and you and you kick into emergency tongue. That's not overcoming. We have to overcome without religiosity. You overcoming, you overcome by listening to the Lord during your trial. And then you enter into that rest, but God, while you're resting and doing what God wants to do in the midst of it, God's sending out these warriors and actually warfaring for you. And as, it, as you're resting, that's the overcoming of getting in to actually eat the hidden manna. But how can you actually hear manna falling if you're focusing on all the voices that are tormenting you? Oh, come on. If manna fell right here and there were people up here with machine guns and there was manna falling from heaven, you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't. You'd be blind to it. Because you're focusing on all of the fear that's in you. Because fear blinds you from uh, allowing you to see what God is actually raining down for. He literally looks like SpongeBob. <laughs> I've seen him. He's this big. I think I've told them about the SpongeBob, am I? Yeah. Y'all heard about the fear? Yeah, he came, he came to me, and it was this shaking, and I heard this Goliath-type you know, voice and all this stuff coming to, into my hotel room, and I thought, oh, my God, and I started feeling fear, and I started thinking, oh, my God, that could be the dragon, you know, how you, you know. <laughs> Come on. And so he'll project all this stuff in your head, and then you start getting pictures, and you think they're real visions. And it actually feels like truth, and it's your discernment, and you're ready to bind it. And then as I'm scared, the thing walks in, and it's, yep, and it's just a little bitty old demon shaking in his boots, literally shaking. And I went, uh, who are you? He goes, I'm fear. I said, you fear? Yeah. <laughs> he was mad because God had to, was sending him. To teach me something. And I said, well, how do you work? He goes, well, didn't you feel, don't you feel fear? And he's shaking. I go, yeah. Well, you're feeling me. I'm scared of you, but I project it on your mind to make it. Then you get to see a big thing, which is actually grasshoppers eat giants. If you feel like a little grasshopper, that means that's a giant you're supposed to eat. Y'all get that? 
The giants always made them feel like grasshoppers when they entered in the promised land. But we forget, if he's making you feel that way, that's food for you. Oh. In other words, us little pipsqueaks in here, the little ones are the giants. The least of these are the greatest. So if you're feeling, I'm just a nobody, somebody pray for me, that means you're the giant that's supposed to be praying for others. I'm dead serious. I'm not just playing around. If you're feeling very small, that means you actually are one of the most anointed ones. But the enemy's gotten in your head to make you twist and make you think that you're not. Does this make sense? I mean, if anybody was supposed to back down and all the pressure would be Jesus every day. I mean, how'd you like to be rejected physically and personally in your life every single day? It wasn't like this westernized thinking he's got a big and everybody loves him. No. About 80% people hated him. He fed thousands with bread, right? But the Bible says if your enemy is hungry... So how many enemies was he feeding? Think about that. So it should, that when the enemy comes in our life, God should turn on. The righteousness, the peace, and the joy, that's the time, man, God starts getting big in us, even though you feel small. Okay, that's our story. <laughs> All right, let's pray for him. Because yeah. he's already prayed for everybody and brought you up here, but we just wanted to pray a blessing over you tonight because... I really do believe that God's going to open up this Word of God so differently, and we're going to be instructed by the anointing of God instead of by man. Oh, how would you like for God to read the Bible to you? And teach you Himself through the anointing. And you start hearing things you've never heard before, seeing things you've never seen before. And it doesn't matter if you have been in hell or you've been in heaven, or you're away from God, or you're a backslider, and all of that stuff. It doesn't matter what the enemy says, where you are, who you are, what you've done. God still wants to talk to you and open up the Scriptures to you. Because that's the only thing that can change us.